Praise the Lord Jesus. It's awesome, awesome, awesome to, <clears throat> to hear these beautiful songs that my wife and her daughter sing. These songs that she has written is basically all based around what she's heard me teach in the Word of God in the last three years. <clears throat> I got a complete or a large list of prayer requests here, lots of people. Every kind of problem imaginable that people have. Sickness, disease, and everything. My heart goes out to each one of you. Because I know your problem is the same as mine was a few years ago when I did not know the promises of God. I think about how the enemy beat up on me. I think about how he beat up on my mother and dad. I think about how he's beat up on my family. And I often wondered, is there anything we can do about this problem? So finally one day I went back to the Word of God and began to read this book like an owner's manual. I began to read it slow, every word, trying to digest every word and to pray over every word and slowly meditate and I spent literally thousands of hours reading and studying the Word of God. The best investment I ever made. That very first song that Cheryl and Christy sing was Sozo Me Lord. Some of you may have never heard the word Sozo. But within the contents of the song, the meaning of the word sozo was given several times, but you may not have picked up on it. The Greek word sozo means saved, healed, made whole, delivered, and preserved. That's what it means. If you're not willing to take God's Word and study His Word diligently, then you will have nothing to come against the enemy with when the enemy comes against you. The enemy, which is Satan and his host of demons, will, will most definitely come against you. And so many people today are like I was years ago being raised in a Southern Baptist church. We never talked about Satan and his demons. I didn't know who he was. There was so much that I missed by not reading the Word of God for myself all those years. But one day, finally, I began to read it for myself in detail. And when I did, I began to find promises like this. Now, this is under the law. And this is in Exodus fifteen twenty-six. I want to read this to you out of Exodus fifteen twenty-six. I put these in little outline forms to make them quicker and easier for me so I don't take up so much time having to thumb back through the Bible to find all these different scriptures. But in Exodus fifteen twenty six it says, If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, obeying His commands and His laws, then I will not make you suffer the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then look at this in Deuteronomy 30. Now listen, verse 30, verse 15. Deuteronomy 30, 15. I would love to read several more verses to you, but in the interest of time, I just don't have the time. 
That's why you need to call our ministry center and contact our people there tonight and have them send you free CDs, DVDs, or whatever on our phone number, and you will get these teachings in their entireties. And we will send that stuff out to you free and postpaid. All you need to do is call our telephone number and, or go to the Internet and find us on the Internet, and we'll send it to you there. But look, listen to what Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 says. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between prosperity and disaster. Isn't that amazing that God would give us a choice? But He does. That's what He says in His Word. Between life and death. Who would dream that you have a choice between prosperity and disaster or between life and death? But every human being alive on the earth today has these choices set before them before a righteous and holy God in heaven. Then it all depends on what you're going to do with it. I didn't know these things, and so I chose disaster, and I chose death, technically, sickness and disease, for many, many years of my life, all because I did not know these choices were even here. But when I began to learn, I changed, and I made the right choice. And by making the right choice... For over the last 20 years, I've been so privileged to receive Jesus as my healer and to walk in obedience to His Word and walk in a love relationship to Him. And by doing that, I've had the privilege to not have a sick day in over 20 years. And it's wonderful to walk here, but it's available to every one of us. God is no respecter of persons. And this is what I'm trying to teach you in my series that I teach here at GLC on how to walk in divine health. Some of the things that's required. Now then, he says, I have commanded you today to love the Lord your God. He has commanded you to love God. You cannot love God if you do not know what His requirements are for love. The only place you can learn that is in the Word of God. So you have to go back. And the best place in the world to start to learn, to, to learn what the requirements for God kind of love is, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. That will show you what the God kind of love is. And you have to walk in that if you want to do what God says. You want to receive life and prosperity, which is what everybody wants to receive. But you have to do that. Now, like Al said a while ago, we're going to be here on the show till 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. tonight. At 10 p.m. tonight, the show's going to be over. If you want to come out here tonight at the GLC, just west of the airport, right here on the highway, you'll see a great big GLC sign that's illuminated. We will pray for you. If you'll come out here and do what God says, we'll pray for you, and God will heal you. If you'll get out here, he'll do it for you. Now then, it says in verse 16, I have commanded you today to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, his laws and his regulations by walking in his ways. Now, how in the world are you going to do that if you don't know what his ways are? You cannot. Somebody said, well, I heard this about God or I heard this about God. You don't want to listen to those people. You want to read the Word of God yourself, and you want to know what God likes and what He does not like. And then you want to do what He says. That's the only way in the world you can get God to do miracles for you and healings. 
Then he says, he keep all of his regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and become a great nation, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I will warn you now that you will not, will certainly be destroyed. You will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. And today I have given you the choice between life and death. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. And I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. He wants you to choose life. That you and your descendants might live. Choose to love the Lord your God and to obey Him and commit yourself to Him, for He is your life. Then you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give you, and you will have a great and blessed life. I think everybody out there wants to do that. But you must absolutely do what God says in His Word. Absolutely. Now then, let's look here when he's talking about the God's promises. When you see these great and awesome promises that God put in his word, I want to show you something here in 1 John chapter 2, starting with verse 1. I want to show you what God's will is for his children today. This is what it is. But you have to meet all of his criteria. Just like under the old law, since God never changes, since Hebrews 13, 8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Under the old covenant, if he said, you must obey me, walk in love, and keep my commandments and my regulations, if you do that, he says, then you will live. So, since he never changes, when he made us the new covenant, he made a new set of regulations. And the new regulation is this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. Walk in the God kind of love. And he says, when you do walk in the God kind of love, that will fulfill all of the law. And so, therefore, you're not under the law anymore. You don't have to worry about all those requirements of the law. It's been fulfilled. He said, and he gives you many scriptures to confirm that in the Word. But he says, this is what fulfills the law, that you love your neighbor as yourself. I don't think we know what love is. If we knew what love is, the church wouldn't have as many divorces in it as the world does. We don't know what love is, because if we do, we wouldn't have any problems. We would never have a problem getting along with our pastor or the person next door that's in the same church we're in. We'd not be talking evil about each other. We'd not go home after the pastor preached a service, and all the way home we'd badmouth the preacher. That's not love. That's the devil. That's the way the world lives. And I guarantee that'll bring sickness and disease into your home. Now then, you can't walk there and walk in divine health. You've got to walk in God's divine love to make your faith work. And then, if you'll do that, you can see these mighty wonderful things happen. God will answer your prayers in mighty ways if you'll walk in His love. 
Now look at what God's will is in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. Now stop and think about what he just said. The new covenant that's made on better promises, which Jesus is the mediator of this new covenant, he has said this is the requirement for the children under the new covenant. Sons and daughters of God, he's writing this set of rules to us so that we will not sin. How many people in the church today go out and sin? You turn the television set on today, and if you're not watching Christian television, you're technically sinning almost. Because you cannot turn the television on and flip through the channels and not see something that's distracting about the flesh. I mean, there's foul words, there's homosexual shows on there, that's totally against God's Word. There's sexual shows on there, totally against God's Word. Adultery, lying, taking God's name in vain. I mean, using foul words, it's all over the place. People getting up and fighting and hitting and screaming at each other on television. <laughs> if you watch not talk evil about each other in the world and the flesh, and you're sinning every minute you watch that. You need to turn those things off. And if you're listening to almost all secular radio today, you read a secular newspaper. You can't hardly read anything that does not have sin in it. And I realize to walk in the God kind of love is a very demanding thing. Because to do this, you've got to turn off the television, except for Christian. You've got to turn off the radio, except for Christian. And some of those you have to be careful of. You have to quit reading newspapers, quit reading magazines, and technically even quit reading the Sears catalog. Whenever you look at some of the catalogs and the women's apparel magazines today, they have more pornography in them than the Playboy magazine used to have 30 years ago. You have to turn off the world. You have to turn off the world if you want to see God do wonderful things. But in John 2, verse 1 he says, My dear children, I am writing this to you that you will not sin. So this is God's requirements for us as His children. We are not to sin. But He said, But if you do sin, which means you're not supposed to, but if you do sin, there is someone to plead for you before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who pleases God completely. Now, He's the only one. He is the only one that can plead your case. I don't know about you, but I don't like to go to court. And every time you sin, you've got to go to court with Jesus. He's got to go in before the Father and plead your case. So, let's don't sin. I don't want to sin. And I know you don't want to sin. I want to walk wholly before God. Now, the Word of God says if you read the Word of God, and you study the Word of God, and you spend time with the Lord, it's, you'll find out in the Word of God where you'll find that if you will do what He says and no sin, you'll walk wholly before Him then you will be able to prosper and be in health. I noticed on some of these praise reports that people, or some of these prayer requests that people sent in, they needed a supernatural financial miracle. My question to those people would be, are you in church every time the doors open, and are you giving God at least 10% of every dime you make? If you're not, you're under a curse from God, and you will never prosper. There's not any way I can pray a miracle, a financial miracle for you, if you're not in church and you're not tithing. If you're not giving to God, the Word of God clearly says in Luke 6:38, "Give, and it shall be given unto you." 
pressed bound, shaken together, running over with the same measure you use to give, shall it be returned to you. He said, if you sow sparingly, you shall reap very sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you shall reap bountifully. So this is the problem with the church. People, please listen to me. You cannot walk in divine health and live in the world. You cannot not have sickness and disease, pains and ailments, if all you're doing is walking in the world. If I come and ask you, say, and you're sick and afflicted, and I say, are you going to church? And you say, well, I don't go as often as I should. That's your first problem. Then I say, do you study the Word of God? Well, I read it every once in a while. No, it doesn't say read it every once in a while. It says study the Word of God to show yourself approved unto the Lord. Study. That means you don't just read it. You study it. You sit down with it. You open it up and you pray over it and you take it apart word by word and line by line. This is a very thick book. It took a lot of years to study this book. I mean a lot of years to study this book to get where I am in this book. But if you will do what God says, if you will study the book and do exactly what the Lord says, then He will do exactly what He says. Now then, to walk in this God kind of love, you've got to know and understand what the God kind of love is. And He said, if you don't walk in that love, then He says, your faith will not work. That's why so many people that have memorized so much of the Word of God still have never seen God do a miracle because they're not walking in love. God's no respecter of persons. He don't care who you are. He don't care if you're the biggest preacher in the country. In fact, the other day I was with a, a man. His first name's Jerry. I won't give his last name, but he used to be the pastor of a great big Pentecostal church in Fort Worth. And he would even tell you himself, at the time he was the pastor of this church, if you wanted to know who was the best Pentecostal preacher in Fort Worth, all you had to do is ask him. He'd tell you he was. You know, he knew who he was. But, see, that's pride. You know, and God, he's a long ways from those that have that kind of pride. Well, Jerry himself, he told me this story, and I've heard him tell it in big churches, so I know that he wouldn't mind me telling it. But he said he went to a meeting one night when a great man of God that had been setting up on national television and cutting down other preachers got a revelation that he was sinning. And so he said he called all the pastors in the area together and got them all together at a dinner at a big place, and he paid for it, and he was apologizing to all these pastors of all these other churches because this guy had been a Baptist, a Southern Baptist preacher. And he was condemning people that did different things different ways. And he didn't believe in those things. So he got revelation from God that he was sinning, and he needed to stop it, so he was making a public apology. And Jerry said, I was there sitting there, and the man was teaching, and he said, You know, I've now come to realize the Lord has showed me that the major problem in our church today is demons. This is what our problem is. The devil and his demons are in our churches, and they're the ones that's causing all the problems and all this sickness and disease and all these things. It's demons. And Jerry said, I was sitting there, and he thought, you know, that's probably true. That's probably what's wrong with my Pentecostal church. Probably some of those people in my church got demons, too. He said, so, he said, God, that's probably what's wrong with my church. There's probably a few people in my church got demons. And he said, the Lord spoke to me in an audible voice. And he said, Jerry, you're the problem in your church. 
Now, how would you like to be a Pentecostal preacher, one of the biggest Pentecostal churches in Fort Worth, and God speak to you and tell you you're the problem? I don't think I wouldn't like that for sure. But that man repented, fell on his face before God, and repented. And today that man is a very humble servant of God, and he's doing a great work for the kingdom of God. But he got right with God. Well, if you don't study this book and study what this book says, you'll never learn and you'll never know what the will of God is. But the Lord is saying here, He's writing this letter to His children so that we will not sin. Then He says, at verse 3, And how can we be sure that we belong to God? Listen to His answer. By obeying His commandments. If someone says, in verse 4, I belong to God, but they do not obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and does not live in the truth. Wow, that's kind of hard to swallow, isn't it? But those who obey God's Word really do love Him. That is the way to know whether or not we live in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Christ did. Okay, so it's real simple then. The people that go to church every time the door is open, the people that tithe, the people that walk in love, the people that take their Bibles, that read their Bibles, the people that's not speaking evil about people, people that are praying for each other, people that are walking in love and being obedient to the commands of God, those are the church. Well, what about the 75% of the people that don't come to church that say they're Christians? Well, the Word says they don't know who He is. They don't know who He is. Isn't that amazing? If the rapture of the church were to occur tonight, and I'm going to tell you, I may be way out there in left field, but I am completely convinced that Jesus is going to come on Feast of Trumpets. Now, I don't know what year on Feast of Trumpets, but I want you to know it's only a few days till the Feast of Trumpets this year. It's in October. I think it's October 3rd and 4th. I think that's when it is. I know the Jewish people call it a different name, and I wouldn't even begin to pronounce the name that they call it. But the Word of God, I can't speak the words like they do, but the King James English Bible calls it Feast of Trumpets. I can say that pretty good, even in Texas English, Feast of Trumpets. But I believe the Lord's going to come again on Feast of Trumpets. Now, what if it's this year? And it could be this year. With all the signs and everything we see that's happening with all the waves and the wind and the, the roaring and the earthquakes and everything. And he said all these things are going to happen and the wars that we're having just before his return. What if he were to come this year? Are you ready? I am. Praise God. If he comes next, the third or fourth, if he comes this year, I'm praising the king. I'm ready. I'm, I look up at that eastern sky. If the king comes, I'm saying praise God. If he don't come this year, maybe he'll come next year. If he don't come next year, maybe the next. But I don't care when it is he comes. When he comes, I'm going to occupy and I'm going to live in faith. I'm going to walk in love and I'm going to walk in this abundant life that Christ has provided until the king comes. Because I'm living in his word. I'm being obedient to his word. And my wife and I are Jesus Christ 24-7. We live, breathe, eat, and sleep Jesus. That's what we do. Now, the Lord says... If we are really His children, we will put Him first in everything we do. And He promises us in His Word 
that just like in third John two, he says verse he says, Dear friend, I am praying that all is well with you and that your body is as healthy as I know your soul is. What is the will of God for you? He wants your body to be healthy. But it all it's all based around your willingness to be obedient to the Word of God. Now, if you're not obedient to God's Word, I'm going to tell you in the Word of God where He says, Husbands, love your wives. He means that. He says in 1 Peter 3, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. Now then, if you're not doing that, if you're a man and you're a Christian and you're not a spiritual leader in your home, and you're not studying God's Word, I guarantee you're sinning and you're opening the door to the demonic world, and there will be sickness and disease in your home. I mean, that's how serious this sin business is. Then he says, women, or not women, but wives. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. My wife and I had a real experience the other night. She's a very godly woman. She loves the Lord with all her heart, but she did not realize how easy it is to sin. She didn't realize that I, she did know I'm the priest of the home. And she knows I'm the obedient priest of the home that's leading her in her development in Christ. But she didn't understand what the Word of God says when it says, Wives, submit to your husbands in all things, because this is the will of God. All things? Well, the other night at 2 o'clock in the morning, my wife woke me up. And she said, Honey, you've got to pray for me. I've got a burning fire, something wrong in my stomach. I said, Well, how long have you had it? She said, About two days. I said, My goodness, honey. I said, Why didn't you ask me a long time before now? Why did you wait two days? She said, Well, I've been praying myself. I thought I would get it done myself. I said, I want you to repent to God right now because you are in rebellion to God. She said, what do you mean I'm in rebellion to God? I said, he told you, you are to submit to me in all things, your priest. When you need something, you're not to go around me to get to God. You're to come through me to get to God. I said, so you have been disobedient and trying to go around your priest to get directly to God as my wife. I said, now you can pray for others. You can do other things. You can pray for your children, but you can pray for other things. But when you need something, you need to come to me. You need to submit to me your spiritual authority, your spiritual head, and then I will go to the Father in the name of Jesus on your behalf. She said, Lord, I didn't realize this. She said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I repent. God confirmed what I told her. I reached over and laid my hand on her stomach and said, I command that fire to leave you now in the name of Jesus. And God instantly healed my wife. I mean, her fire in her stomach was gone. She had been praying over that for two days. And in one heartbeat, it was gone. And in five minutes, she was sound asleep. See, we don't realize what sin is. We don't realize when God says, Wives, you are to submit to your husbands in all things. Well, if you don't submit to your husband in all things, you're living in sin. And God's not going to hear your prayer. But husbands, if you're not being the spiritual head of your home, you're sinning. Now you want to know why? That there's no power in the church? In this one little area right here. 
there's very few men that I've ever met that love their wife like Christ loved the church. And I know very few women that submit to their husbands in all things. They want to try to run the show. But they're supposed to submit to their husbands. And any time a man and a woman does not do these things, the Word of God says your prayers will be hindered. You know what that means? They will not be answered. It is amazing how many things that we don't know that comes out of this book and how many ways we sin. Another way we sin grossly. In 1 Timothy, the Lord says, All foods are clean, but don't eat anything without sanctifying it with the Word of God in prayer with thanksgiving. How many Christians do you know that get up in the morning to go to the table and pour a glass of orange juice and never thank God for that glass of orange juice? How many people do you know that are Christians that get up in the morning and just go to the water faucet and pour a glass of water and drink it and never say, Thank you, Lord. Bless this water to my body in the name of Jesus. When you do that, you're sinning. God says you are to sanctify everything, everything that goes into your body with the Word of God and prayer with thanksgiving. Everything you eat or drink should be blessed in the name of Jesus. You want to know why sickness and disease comes upon us? Because we do not obey all of His commands of walking in love. When we walk in love, we keep His commandments. We do what He says. We put nothing before Him. We walk in love. So, if we will stop sinning, walk in love, and do what the Lord says and believe His Word, the beautiful part about the new covenant, you have this advocate or this attorney, which is Jesus, which is perfect. And you can come before the Father in the name of Jesus, and Jesus will plead your case for you, and you can ask Him to forgive you for all these things you've done wrong. Then you can ask Him to guide you and direct you after He's washed you in His blood and ask Him to reveal to you the truths of the Word of God so you will walk in obedience to God's Word and you'll not break any of His rules. You'll not offend or hurt anybody. You'll walk in the God kind of love. Now, if you walk in the God kind of love, He will do great and wonderful things for you. If you do not, He will not. Now, listen to what John 10.10 says. The thief, which is Satan, his purpose is to steal and kill and to destroy. But my purpose, God says, is to give you life and give it to you in all of its fullness. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out which one of those areas you want to live in. You don't want to live over there where stealing, killing, and destroying is. I think about all these storms and all these floods... And everything, the tornadoes and everything else we've had lately, that's all up and down the east coast and the the southern uh, Gulf Coast of the state of Texas and all over, I see all these things and I think about all these things could have went away. If we, the church, would only be obedient and do what God says and walk in the God kind of love, If we would only do that, then we would open no doors to the devil and we'd give no place to that devil to do what he's done. When you look, people say, God did that. Oh, yeah, God did that, okay. But what God? The God of this world. The God that we serve that's in heaven did not 
create the destruction that destroyed all these homes and all these people and all this real estate. He withdrew His protective power because of our sins and the God of this world moved in and done all of these things because John 10.10 clearly says the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And the Lord made you promises in His Word. He said, if you will walk in obedience to my word and you will not sin. He said, then in 1 John 5, 18, he says, if you will not sin, if you will keep yourself from evil, then the evil one will not be able to touch you. Which means you can't be made sick or afflicted. But it totally is up to you and me. He has set this absolute promise before the church today. And you and I have to walk in obedience to His Word, walk in love, if you want to see God do these great and mighty things that He's going, that He wants to do for you. He has set this choice before you. Now then, in the last few minutes I've got, I'm going to skip over here to the very end of my outline, and I'm going to read one set of Scriptures In Romans 6, starting with verse 15, this set of scriptures shows you the freedom we have to obey God or the devil. It's your choice. Again, just like it was in Exodus and Deuteronomy. I want you to see what he's got there. I want you to listen to what the Lord says here. In verse 15 of Romans 6, So since God's grace has set us free from the law, which it has... Does this mean we can go on sinning? And the answer is, of course not. God forbid that you sin. Don't you realize that whatever you choose to obey becomes your master? There's that choice again. Whatever you choose to obey will become your master. Then he explains it. You can choose sin. You can choose sin if you want to. You can go out and leave... And you can be a Christian, and you can go down the street, you can steal something from somebody. You can go out with some girl and have sex with her if you want to, but that's all sin. And if you do that, then it's going to bring sickness and disease and devastation to you, and you're not going to enjoy it. You can choose sin, which leads to death. It leads to death. Now, it may not kill you right then, just like choosing smoking cigarettes. As a rule, smoking cigarettes will not kill you to smoke one or two cigarettes. That's just like drinking one or two cans of beer. One or two won't kill you. But if you drink one or two cases every week, it will cause cirrhosis of the liver and it will kill you prematurely. Plus, it will cost you a lot of money in the process. So, the Lord says here, you can choose sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God and receive His approval. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin... But now you have obeyed with all your heart the new teaching God has given you. Now you are free from sin, your old master, and you have become slaves to your new master, righteousness. Now then, I hope that's true for you as a Christian. If you're a Christian and you've not chosen to serve the living God, then you've chosen to serve the devil. And it will bring sickness and disease upon you. That's pretty obvious. When we look at the church today... The number of people that are sick and afflicted in the church, that pretty well tells us who we've chosen to serve. 
and it's obviously not the king of the universe. Because in every church I've ever been in, there's been numerous people, numerous people that were sick and afflicted. I was one of them. I was sick and afflicted off and on for years of my life until I read this book, understood what this book said, began to stand on these promises, repent of all my sins, and walk a holy love walk before God. And then when I stepped into the faith world, by love, I stepped into a place where I have not had one sick day since I learned it. Now, before I learned it, I had many sick days. But since I've learned it, I've had none. So these requests that I've got here, I have got requests here. It says rebuke fornication and lust. I'm telling you, God's given you the power within you. All you've got to do is do that yourself. You don't have to yield to fornication and lust. Kick it out. It's a demon. You have the power within you. All kinds of people has got their dizzy and earaches and things like that. All you've got to do is repent of your sins and make God a promise that you will get in His Word, that you'll love Him and serve Him, and then believe His Word. And He promises to heal you in His Word. Uh, healing for blood pressure, back and nerves. All you've got to do is walk in love. Be obedient to the Word of God. Believe God. Repent of your sins. And then stand on one of these mighty promises. And believe Him with no doubt in your heart. And He will heal you. Blood conditions and finances. Again, the finances, if you're not going to church and tithing, there's nothing I can do for you. But if you're going to church and tithing, then you may have to learn how to talk. If you don't know how to talk, if you'll call our minister center and ask for the power of the tongue, I teach you in detail how to get these things to happen to you so you can be blessed. Remember, call our ministry center on the phone numbers that's on the screen every once in a while and ask for these teachings. Give them your name and address. They will send them to you free and postpaid. We've got people with pains in their necks and their backs. We've got problems with, with husbands and indigestion and heart failures and we got every kind of a thing you can imagine here. I don't have time to read these. We've got asthma. That's a demon. All you need to do is repent of your sins. We cast out that demon and you can get healed. Everybody that's called in tonight, infections in your leg, if you will just repent of your sins, back three disc problems, and if you'll just repent of your sins and believe God, I'll pray the prayer of faith for you and crush his pelvis. A son here crushed his pelvis. In a farming accident when he was 12, and he is 31 now, and his hips are twisted. If you will believe God, we'll pray the prayer of faith for you, and the Lord will heal you. On and on and on. So I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for this, for all of these. I don't have time to read them all. i got no time left. And so I'm just going to pray the prayer of faith. All of you people that wrote in tonight, you repent of your sins. May God a promise that you'll go to church, find you a good one. Start reading and studying His Word, and He will heal you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, You know every person's heart out there. Lord, I'm going to ask You to be merciful to these people. As I come to the throne of grace, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for every one of these people that called in tonight. I'm going to ask You to do mighty miracles of healing and restoration on all of them, Father. Do great work as they repent of their sins and make you a promise they'll serve you. I ask you to take their credit card, Lord, and heal them and be merciful to them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen.